Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my look at The Mist. What with the TV show coming soon, I thought I'd look at the movie it's based off. This is my second Stephen King movie, the first being The Shining, my very first podcast. Check out my archives. And what can I say about this movie? Well, first up, I didn't read the book. And I wasted over an hour watching the boring and near useless special features on a DVD including a boring circle jerk interview with Stephen King and director of this Frank Darabont, King's new favourite director, where I learned next to nothing but Darabont blowing smoke up King's ass. Anyway, enough about that, let's look at the movie itself, coming out 10 years ago and with a budget of $80 million, making a pitiful $25 million, uh, shot in six weeks on a lightning fast schedule, let's take a look at Darabont's slant on King's take of a Lovecraft story. Starring Thomas Jane, Marcy Gay Harden, Laurie Holden, Toby Jones, William Sadler, Francis Sterhagen. Directed by Frank Darabont and the plot. After a violent storm hits a small main coastal town, a small group of survivors hold up in a local supermarket after they find out there's something in the mist. What is it? Where did it come from? Why is the US government involved? And who will survive? So the movie opens up on David Drayton, played by Thomas Jane, star of The Punisher and Deep Blue Sea, finishing off a painting of the gunslinger from the Dark Tower series. Also spot the Thing poster in the background, a movie I'll be looking at in January. As the storm rolls in, it knocks out the power, so he heads downstairs to wait out with his family. His wife, Steph Drayton, played by Kelly Collins Lintz, star of Surface, and his son Billy, played by Nathan Gamble, star of the Hall and Dolphin Tail movies. They wait out the storm in the cellar. In the morning, they go and check out the damage, which includes a huge tree smashed into David's den, destroying the painting. And I love the swipe Darabont takes on how lazy modern movie posters have become. Instead of having lush painted posters, much like Star Wars, a franchise I covered earlier this year, check my archives, Indiana Jones, etc, etc. It is now just two floating heads with a lot of crap spewed up on it out of Photoshop. As I took out the damage, Steph notices a fog bank, oh sorry, a mist wall, just sitting on a lake, water rolling off the mountains, something that mist does not do. But I guess Carpenter bet King to the fog, a movie I'll also be covering in January. So David goes to see his standoffish neighbour to trade insurance information as one of his trees has smashed the boathouse on his land to pieces. Neighbour is Brent Norton, played by Andre Brower of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he says his insurance man will love him showing David his crushed 1980 Mercedes-Benz. With that, they drive into town for supplies, leaving the wife to tidy up. On the road, they pass a convoy of army trucks heading out of town, and it's here Brent asks about the top-secret Arrowhead project, which David answers is something about missile defence, with Brett joking about UFOs and aliens. So, with no cell phone service, and the phone lines are down, gee, I wonder if the military wants to test the effects of something in a cut-off town. Hmm. David heads into a local supermarket, supermarket even, which is extremely busy, yet the shelves are all well stacked. Hmm. Walking around, David asks supermarket assistant manager Ollie Weeks, played by Toby Jones of Doctor Who, Captain America, Hunger Games and Harry Potter movies, as well as a slew of other TV shows and movies, why the store is so busy. 
Why the fuck do you think the store's so busy, you moron? It's been a fucking storm, knocked out all the power and phone lines around this town, you fucking idiot. Guy's an idiot. In walks local Rogers Nutt, a.k.a. stable of Stephen King's writing, see Carrie's mother. Mrs. Carmody, played by Marcy Gay Harden of Damages, Fetishes of Grey and Code Black, moaning about the size of the queues. Again, there's a, been a huge storm knocking out all the power and phone lines in the area, yet the shelves are fully stocked, even though supermarket manager points out the fact that the place has been chock full of people since the store opened earlier that morning. And yet, the place is fully stocked. Yes, bullshit to that one, because supermarket shelves empty on Christmas Eve, even though the store opened again on Boxing Day less than 24 hours later. In walks some army cadets, including Private Jessup, played by Sam Whitwiler, star of multiple Star Wars games, including the god-awful Force Unleashed, Smallville, and the American version of Being Human, and they're all given side-eye by locals, even though Jessup is a local boy. In the queue, yet more King Stables, as we're introduced to a school teacher. See The Shining in Miss Ripper, played by Francis Sturhagen, star of Misery and dozens of other movies. Also in the queue is another king stable, the local whore, see Tomanockers, in Amanda Dumfrey, played by Laurie Holden of The Walking Dead. And this is the start of several Walking Dead actors appearing in this movie. As she makes eyes at David, even though he's a happily married man, a bloody whore. Just then, the police and fire engines scream past the store as an MP walks in looking for Jessup and company. That's a military police, not member of parliament. <laughs> One of the checkout girls, Sally, played by Ale- Alexia Dav- Davanos, I think I say her name, of Chronicles of Riddick and Clash of Titans, also man in High Castle, uh, gets in trouble from her store manager after making eyes at Jessup. The MP reads Jessup and company the right act by telling them they have five minutes to return to base or they will be court-martialed. With that, the airing sirens go off and this doesn't cause panic with the townfolk at all until they see a bloody Dan Miller, played by Geoffrey Demon, star of the Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile and indeed The Walking Dead, as he screams there's something in the mist and to close all the windows and doors. One guy and only one guy runs from his life, yeah right, as the mist rolls in and he's quickly killed by something. With that, the store handyman, Jim, played by William Sadler, of Die Hard 2, a movie I covered last Christmas, check my archives, locks the doors as the mist blankets everything. Within five seconds of this, it all just nuts starts her doomsday talk. Just then, an earthquake hits for no reason. Another Walking Dead alum, Melissa McBride, screams about her kids and runs off out of the store. By the way, she is unnamed in this thing. Spoiler alert, she's okay by the end of the movie. Billy starts to cry uncontrollably, so David walks around the store to settle him down. Hours later, he's still sobbing and sucking on his thumb. And this is the start of this annoying character for me. David hands Billy off to Hattie Turner, who I think is my school teacher, played by Susan Watkins. As he goes to the back to get Billy a blankie, and for fuck's sake, he's 10 years old, he doesn't need a bloody blankie. Stop mockering a fucking kidney when he sits in boohoo's for hours on end. Jesus jinkies. While heading to the back, he overhears Brent stirring up a militia to band together to find the truth, as Mrs. Carmody pipes up with more end of days bullshit. While in the back, David turns off the overheating generator, then hears noises coming from outside as the loading bay doors buckle as something is out there trying to break in. He runs back into the store to tell Ollie, Jim and another handyman, Myron, played by David Jensen, what he has heard and saw. They of course don't believe him and check it out for themselves. Up walks store 
Dog's Body, Norman, played by Chris Owen of American Pie fame. A franchise I covered in July, check my archives. With torches and they head into the darkness. Still not believing, David Marin turns on a generator, which pretty much chokes him out, so he has to turn it off, saying something outside is blocking the vent. It's here. Norman picks up. He'll go outside to unblock it. However, David points out that's a bad idea, as something is out there. They don't listen to him, so out he goes. And by the way, this dialogue here is completely unnatural and seems forced. These people are far too calm. In fact, everyone is acting far too calm until the logist nut stirs up the crowd. So out goes Norm, and he's quickly grabbed by a Lovecraftian tentacle monster and dragged off to be eaten. According to the behind the scenes, this terrible CGI tentacle took six weeks to render, and it looks fucking plastic. After failing to save Norm, they finally get the shutter down as David chops a piece of the tentacle off with a fire axe. Uh, with a quick scuffle later, as David puts Jim and Norm in their place, David is quickly put in charge, and why is that? Because he went to college and has Hollywood connections. He then tells Myron and Jim not to say anything to the others until Ollie points out, you can't hide the truth, they must stop people from leaving the store, but how? How? How the fuck do you think how? You pick up a piece of that tentacle and show them that's how you fucking, I swear to god, the people in this movie are dumb. They are beyond dumb. They're fucking ridiculously dumb. And did I mention? I am only 20 minutes into a tuber movie. This fucking movie drags on. Oy. Quickly changing his t-shirt, because the other one had blood and sweat on it, David then tells Brent about the tentacles. And uh, why? Why not just take the tentacle piece from the fucking back of the store to the front of the store and show them all at once? But no. He has to tell one person at a time. Who doesn't believe him? Dumb! Oh my dear god. Brent doesn't listen, nor does he believe, so yet more fist-fighting does Ollie finally tell the store the truth. However, with no proof, they do not listen to him. So, they take the store manager and some random biker to the back to see the tentacle. However, he touches it and it bubbles into nothing. The manager tells them they're in deep shit. Well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. There's a gigantic love-crafting monster trying to eat you alive, you fucking idiot. And blocks the windows and doors using bags of dog food and fertilizer. Because that's going to hold him out, you know? Hmm. As this is happening, the largest nut is in the toilet praying to God via a candle to be given the power of preach. To preach the word of God, rather. And this seems to work as she starts preaching about God's will and hell even shutting down the naysaying lawyer Brent. This starts to splinter the idiots in the store, the sheep that are well easily led, into groups. Brent's group that doesn't believe in the monsters in the mist and wants to go and get help. David's group that believe and know the truth and they need to help protecting the store from the monsters. And finally, Mrs. Carmody's Bible-bashing side that believe this is the will of God and people must be sacrificed to God to police him. What the actual fuck? Why didn't someone hogtie this bitch and gag her the second she started spouting this crap? <sighs> the annoying little molecular Billy, who went from sucking his thumb and boohooing to questioning every thinking thing in 10 seconds and then went back to it five minutes later, Ask the army where the hell the army is. Hmm, good question, little boy. So Amanda, who is now joined David's group, pulls a gun out of her purse, so I guess they now have the quote power. Hmm. Brent and his group of idiots demand to be let outside of the store to get some help. So a biker goes with them and ties a rope around his waist to find a shotgun in one of the trucks parked outside. And the rope is to prove there's nothing in the mist, just mist. Out they go, unarmed because they're idiots. 
and they get a few feet and then they're eaten by unseen monsters. As David and his group pull in the bloodied rope, which still has half the bikers attached to it, this causes panic and Mrs. Kamori takes over spewing her hellfire and brimstone bullshit. Jim and Marin jerry rig up some lights, but they only have five minutes of power and it's a completely useless fucking scene and can be even cut. Much later at night, Jessup makes nice with Sally, and it turns out they went to high school together and were sweet each other but never actually dated. He asks where her parents are, and she says they're in Boston again. Pointless scene, cut! With night drawing in, that brings out alien insects, and indeed these insects attract alien birds and eat the insects, as in seconds the outside is swarming with insects and birds. One gets inside and is quickly killed by David, as he sets up a light and more and more pour in. Sally is stung by a dragonfly scorpion creature and dies painfully in sec dies painfully seconds later. Chaos reigns in the store as more and more insects and birds get in, killing dozens of people. One idiot manages to set himself a light and knocks over a whole book rack of Stephen King books. Subtle Darabont, very subtle. One insect lands on the Bible basher, but it doesn't sting her because she says a prayer. Fuck off. Actually, that's not how fucking nature works. Oh, God's sake. Oh, he finally shoots a bird he's been chasing around the store for about five minutes. And just as the annoying kid Billy breaks free from his school teacher's arms and starts screaming about Daddy, help me, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Did just kill this little fucker already? He just drive me insane. Does always shoot and kill it dead. And why are these people so fucking thick? How hard is it to stay down on the ground as these things are flying around the place? For fuck's sake. The guy that stupidly put himself alight is dying, so the group must go out to get medicine for him. In the local chemist, which is luckily next door. Somehow, during the night, Billy's teacher dies off screen. Why? Who knows? And who the fuck cares? As dozens of people are dying off screen for fix's sake. So, with that, David decides enough is enough and they must get out. This starts infighting from his own group. But he's hearing none of it and points out the religious nut is well a religious nut and soon it will be for the chop being unbelievers. Amanda hears none of this, believing in the good of mankind. Until Ollie points out man invented politics and religion and it doesn't seem to bow well now, does it? More boohooing crap from Billy, just killed this little kid already, he's doing my fucking head in. David passes him on to Amanda and they head out to get drugs. It's here the Bible basher pipes up with her followers that if they leave it will attract more beasties and seriously why isn't this bitch been knocked out yet? All she seems to be doing is spewing stuff about the demons and devil and god's will and yada 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 as these insects were locusts as seen in the bible and yakety schmackety bullshit. Mrs. Repeller finally has enough of her shit and smacks on the side of her head with a can of peas then heads out with David's group to get drugs as Private Jessup joins in too for no bloody reason. Off they go into the dark misty night, leaving Mrs. Carmody to grow her following even more. They make it to the chemist, finding it empty, so help themselves to drugs, until they find spider webbing and they're attacked by alien spiders. Also in the webbing is the MP from earlier, as he shouts to scream, it's all our fault, before dying after dozens of spiders burst from his chest. Mama Spider attacks Jim and he just stands there screaming until Ollie shoots it dead. More spiders attack and we find out the web is acid lined, yet it doesn't eat through anything as it's webbed things up. Okay then. With more and more spiders attacking and David's group falling by the second, they finally run for it. Unfortunately, the exit is blocked by a huge spider. 
So Mrs. Repeller roasts it using a lighter and a can of hairspray. Very arachnophobia, a movie I covered in April. Check out my archives. Note, Frances Sturhagen did this quote stunt herself. Mm. And the behind the scenes make a big deal about this is how she's 70 odds and she made this thing or blah blah blah. Moving on. They barely get out and return to the supermarket. The next morning, Mrs. Commodi is now holding a sermon with about 100 plus people at eating all this crap up. Even Jim, who has seemed to have snapped as his mind has went do lally. David's group wants to leave, but he's having none of it until the point out Commodi's following is growing by the day. David hunts down Jessup to get answers from him as him and his group surround him, he tells him he knows nothing of it until it's pointed out that his squaddies are missing and probably hiding in a loading dock. So in the loading dock, David's group finds the soldiers hanging by their necks, the fucking cowards, and David screams at Jessup, it's Project Arrowhead, isn't it? You maniacs are going to blow it up! Oh, for God's sake. As Jim drags him into the store to be dealt with by the baying mob. Carmody gets the truth out of Jessup and he tells him the government wanted to open a window to another dimension. Double look see, opening a door for the creatures to come through. Very Stranger Things. This pisses off Carmody and he's thrown out into the mist to be eaten by the creatures. David groups just huddle together in fear as the bloodlust in their eyes with with bloodlust in their eyes, her followers seem to rejoice. The next morning, David's group gather to leave, but is caught by the Bible basher. She said she won't allow it, as this is not the will of God, and she's God's greatest vessel. With blast in their eyes, her followers surround David's group as she spouts out more crap about how she's the voice of God and more fire and brimstone crap. Honest to God, what the hell did these Bible bashers do to Stephen King? She asked if they believe in God, and no, I don't believe in your God, love, because it demands human sacrifice, but are you a fucking devil worshipper? David fights off her followers, however, she grabs Billy, so Ollie shoots her, and then blows her head off. With that, they run into the mist, leaving her followers in tears. Ollie is picked off just as he gets to the jeep, which David parked just outside the window, uh, just at the building, apparently. The spiders pick off the others, as David, Billy, Amanda, Mrs. Ripper, and Dan make it to the jeep. David grabs a gun that Ollie had just dropped as a spider attacks, yet he doesn't shoot it and just drives off, circling the car park to show his followers that they are free and just drive off into the mist. Driving back home, David finds his wife's long dead body wrapped in spider webs, so they head to Portland, finding the roads empty, they drive into the mist even more, finding only upturned cars in their path, but no humans nor monsters. On he drives until the jeep runs out of gas and they see a huge at-at looking creature walking in the mist. So with no gas in the jeep, he shoots everyone dead in the jeep including his son. As he goes to shoot himself, he finds out there's no more bullets in the gun. So he exits his car and sees a tank coming out of the mist. As the military convoy drives past, we see the woman from earlier and her two children have survived. But how the fuck did she get past these me? monsters is beyond me. We then see the army frying the bugs with flamethrowers. Dave drops to his knees and screams at the sky as the camera pulls out and we see the mist has now cleared and the army is clearing up all the creatures as credits roll. So that was the mist and fuck this, I usually weigh up the pros and cons but not this time. Avoid this fucking thing, this thing is a chore to get through. A two hour movie that could have been cut down to 90 fucking minutes. And this thing has a bummer end ending. So for that thing, it gets a pitiful 1 out of 10. Anyway, come back next week for Hannibal Lecter Month. 
October is Halloween, my look at the first three Hellraiser movies. November is bad video game movies such as Tomb Raider and Mario Bros. December is festive funnies. January is John Carpenter movies such as The Fog. And don't forget to leave like, comment and follow me on SoundCloud if you haven't already. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Or email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcasts of Mad Max, Resident Evil, Gremlins, Ghoulies, Underworld, and more. Also check out my solo podcast of Aliens, Die Hard, Batman Returns, Doctor Who Movie, and many, many more. And a bye!